the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. In their mind, they were thinking, well, what's there to fear? Because obviously the gods of Babylon are much greater than the God of Israel, for our gods have helped us defeat Israel. People were blaspheming God, and, and you can only blaspheme so long before the hand of God begins to move. And welcome to another edition of Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely as he continues his study in the book of Daniel, and he'll be in chapter 5 in just a moment. This is a daily visit, a devotional time from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and I think of it sometimes as an educational opportunity. And if you're looking for a Christian education for your child, (laughs) how's that for a transition, then I'd like to suggest you investigate Highlands Christian Schools. They've been providing the Bay Area for over 50 years an award-winning faith-based educational experience. And more details can be found on the website highlands.us. Just click on the school link on the homepage at highlands.us. And now in Chapter 5 of the Book of Daniel, continuing our study, here's Pastor Layton. What Daniel does is it provides us the correction and uh, rebukes and training in righteousness that we need to not only survive but thrive in a godless society. He found a way to glorify and serve God. And that brings up the question, how did he do it? That's the question we've been asking as we've gone through and studied the book of Daniel. So today we're on chapter 5, and I want to clarify that there is some time lapse that takes place between the events in the various chapters. For instance, there's about 20 years that separates the events in chapter 2 and 3. There's another 20 to 30 30 years that separates the events in uh, chapters 3 and 4, and another decade or more that has passed between the events in chapter 4 and chapter 5. We're now introduced to a new king, King Belshazzar, His name should not be confused with that of Belteshazzar, which was the Babylonian name that was given to Daniel. We're introduced to King Belshazzar. And a little bit of history is important for our understanding. King Nebuchadnezzar died in 562 B.C. He was succeeded by his son, Abel Merodach, who reigned for only two years. His brother-in-law, Nereglissar, murdered him in 560, usurped the throne, and ruled for four years. There was a two-month a uh, puppet ruler named Labeshi Marduk, very weak leader. And then finally, Nabonidus became king and reigned from 556 to 539 B.C. Historians believe that Nabonidus was married to the daughter, a daughter of Nebuchadnezzar and was the father of Belshazzar. Uh, John Valverde, Walvard in his book, Daniel, a Key to Prophetic Revelation, states, until the discovery of the Nabonidus Cylinder... There was no mention of Belshazzar found in any extra-biblical literature. Critics would then use this to question whether or not this person actually existed, and maybe we shouldn't even trust the book of Daniel. 
But uh, that criticism was laid to rest when the cylinders were found that identified Belshazzar as the oldest son of Nabonidus. Now, Nabonidus led an army into battle in Palestine and northern Arabia. He left his son, Belshazzar, as co-regent in Babylon. A co-regent was uh, a person who acted as king in the absence of the king. And during the events that are recorded here for us in chapter 5, Nabonidus was away, possibly on the field of battle, while Belshazzar, his son, remained in Babylon. You'll notice that when Belshazzar offers Daniel a position in the kingdom, it is the position of third ruler. And the reason for that is he was the second ruler under his father Nabonidus. Now, Belshazzar was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar. And there's an interesting passage found in Jeremiah 27 that says, Give them this message for their masters. This is what the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of Israel, says. With my great strength and powerful arm, I made the earth and all its people and every animal. I can give these things of mine to anyone I choose. And now I will give your countries to King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, who is my servant. I put everything, even the wild animals, under his control. All the nations will serve him, his son, and his grandson until his time is up. Then many nations and great kings will conquer and rule over Babylon. Now the passage here in Jeremiah was written before King Nebuchadnezzar even invaded Judah, and it specified that the reign would last for three generations. All the nations will serve him, his son, and grandson until his time is up. So before it even happened, God announced that the Babylonian Empire would last only three generations, and then its time would be up. Now, the future might be a mystery to us, but it's not to God. Now, I need to also clarify that in this chapter, Nebuchadnezzar is referred to as thy father. So it's important for us to understand that multiple generations are indicated by one word. The word father can refer to father, but it can also refer to grandfather, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather, and so forth. Likewise, the word son can refer to son, but it can also refer to grandson, great-grandson, and so forth. Now, even people who don't know anything about the Bible or anything about the book of Daniel or, or Babylon oftentimes use a phrase, uh, the handwriting on the wall, and it came from this chapter of Daniel. Sometimes somebody will get laid off, and a friend will say something like, you should have seen the handwriting on the wall, bud. You know? That phrase, handwriting on the wall, came out of this story in Daniel chapter 5. And what that phrase indicates is an impending judgment. Belshazzar, his wives and concubines, a thousand notable guests, were feasting and drinking while the army of the Medes and Persians were waiting outside of the city ready to invade. And even though they were outside, the king was unconcerned with the danger that they posed because the city was surrounded by almost 60 miles of walls that were 300 feet tall, 30 stories tall. Uh, the, the walls were so wide that multiple chariots could hold races on the top of the walls. There were 250 defense towers. The bronze gates were massive and fortified. They had a continuous flow of fresh water from the Euphrates River that flowed through the city from north to south and created a moat. And there was plenty of food stored up in the city. In fact, the indication is that there was 20 years of food stored inside the city. What army is going to sit outside the walls for 20 years waiting for the food to run out so that they People will finally come out and they can fight them. They thought their city could not be taken. 
But the Lord said that it's the Babylonian time had come to an end. And when God makes that declaration, what he says happens. Now, with that background, let's study Daniel chapter 5, verse by verse. King Belshazzar made a, a great feast for a thousand of his lords and drank wine in front of the thousand. Belshazzar, when he had tasted the wine, there's an implication here, he tasted more than a little wine, commanded that the vessels of gold and of silver that Nebuchadnezzar, his father, had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem be brought, that the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines might drink from them. And then they brought in the golden vessels that had been taken out of the temple, the house of God in Jerusalem. And the king and his lords, his wives and his concubines, drank from them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. Oriental kings took a lot of pleasure in throwing great feasts and banquets, which displayed their wealth and their power. And uh, it, might be cons- called, it might be considered a, a state banquet today. The archaeologist tells us that there were a number of halls in Babylon that could have easily accommodated a, a party of a thousand or larger. In fact, someone has suggested that this very hall was rebuilt by Saddam Hussein and used for affairs of state during his regime. The feast fulfilled the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. The questions people oftentimes ask when they're going through life is, what are we going to eat, what are we going to drink, and so forth. And they'll follow anybody who will gratify their appetites. Now, the king was drunk, but he ordered his servants to bring in the consecrated vessels that had been taken from the temple in Jerusalem. And Nebuchadnezzar, his grandfather, had decreed that people were supposed to give respect to the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But that was long ago, and that rule had been forgotten. Belshazzar treated the god of Israel with disrespect. He brought in these consecrated vessels, and uh, while they drank from them, they praised the gods of Babylon. In their mind, they were thinking, well, what's there to fear? Because obviously the gods of Babylon are much greater than the god of Israel, for our gods have helped us defeat Israel. People were blaspheming God, and and you can only blaspheme so long before the hand of God begins to move. Verse 5. Immediately the fingers of a human hand appeared and wrote on the plaster of the wall of the king's palace opposite the lampstand. And the king saw the hand as it wrote, and then the king's color changed, his thoughts alarmed him, his limbs gave way, and his knees knocked together. The king called loudly to bring in the enchanters, the Chaldeans, and the astrologers. The king declared to the wise men of Babylon, whoever reads this writing and shows me its interpretation shall be clothed with purple and have a chain of gold around his neck and shall be third ruler in the kingdom. Then all the king's wise men came in, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation. Then King Belshazzar was greatly alarmed, and his color changed, and his lords were perplexed. So suddenly the fingers of a human hand appear in an area of the wall that is plastered and illuminated by a lampstand where the light is strongest and where people could see clearly. And it must have been an awesome sight. I would well imagine that the partying, the revelry, ceased immediately as everyone focused on the hand and the writing on the wall. King Belshazzar couldn't stand up. He was scared to death. The appearance of this hand uh, caused four simultaneous reactions in the king. Paleness, the, the blood rushed out of his face, trembling, dread, and loss of strength. People could see his knees knocking together, observing, observable trembling. And There's a phrase that's translated in the English Standard Version, his limbs gave way. 
It's translated in the King James Version, he loosed the loins of the king. And what it literally means is the king soiled his britches. That was a humiliating moment for the king. God had turned the banquet hall into a courtroom and was about to declare judgment upon the king and the kingdom. So the king called in the wise men, commanded them to explain the meaning. He offered them royal honors and gifts. They would wear a royal robe and a golden chain, both indicated authority, and they would become third ruler under Nabonidus and Belshazzar. But you know, history has a a, a tendency to repeat itself, and this is the third time that the wise men of Babylon failed to be able to interpret the message, this time written on a wall. You know, when I was in college, many years ago now, down in the Los Angeles area, I attended Biola University, and this is just like being in one of my freshman Old Testament classes. If you appreciate this study from Pastor Leighton Sheely, we call it Study Verse by Verse, you can share that fact with him when you go to the website highlands.us. On the homepage, there is a contact link, and he would love to hear from you. Just let him know that you listen. Encourage him in that way. That's highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. Have a great rest of your day, and come back tomorrow as we'll continue in the book of Daniel and study verse by verse.